being the last sunday last couple of sundays before this year ends i was just seeking god and god what is it that you want to bring to us as a church beginning of this year god spoke to us and said this is a year for breakthrough into our destiny a year of breakthrough and many of us here have already experienced our breakthroughs amen and praise be to god and we we really know it's god who has brought those breakthroughs and every single one of them we can number them and say god it's you it's you who did it not any man but yes as i was speaking to one of my very close friends here's what he shared with me and that's what sparked this um message as it were he was telling me hey, steve i put that list very faithfully that that new year's eve night not a single one of them has come through why why steve i ask god many times what is it god that i have not done what is it that i am lacking why is it that i have not seen those breakthroughs and he he shared it he there was so much pain in his heart as he was sharing that with me and i know by faith i said my dear brother what god says he will do his word that is sent forth will never return void what purpose it has to accomplish it will and you will see your breakthrough in for god a thousand years is like one day and one day is like a thousand years it does not take time for god to bring it for you you might for men we might have to work through years to bring something in to our lives but then for god it just takes a moment amen and so this is where this message sparked off and i want to bring to us a message and the message is titled laying the axe to the root of unbelief laying the axe to the root of unbelief and i want to talk to you from john chapter 5 i'm reading a few verses there in chapter 5 verse 30 onwards and just follow along with me as i read john chapter 5 john's gospel chapter 5 verse 30 onwards Jesus says I can do nothing on my own initiative as I hear I judge and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will but the will of him who sent me if I alone bear witness of myself my testimony is not true there is another who hears witness of me and I know that the testimony which he hear he bears of me is true you have sent to john and he has borne witness to the truth but the witness which i receive is not from man but i say these things that you may be saved he was the lamp that was burning and was shining and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light but the witness which i have is greater than that of john for the works which the father has given me to accomplish the very works that i do bear witness of me that the father has sent me and the father who sent me he has borne witness of me you have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form and you do not have his word abiding in you for you do not believe in him whom he sent you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is these that bear witness of me and you were unwilling to come to me that you may have life 
I do not receive glory from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another shall come in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God? Do not think that I will accuse you before the father. The one who accuses you is Moses in whom you have set your hope. For if you have believed Moses, you would have believed me for he wrote of me. If you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? I believe this message that I am going to bring to us this morning is a message that will convict our hearts as it has convicted mine. I believe this message is going to change the way we think, change the way we do our lives. This message is going to expose some sinful inclinations that are there in each one of us in this room this morning. And I have no doubt about this. I'm not saying this to bring condemnation on anybody. But I'm saying this believing that when God quickens our conscience, we will respond to his word the way we should. But if we feel bad, it's not that we should feel bad and stay there. We can get help. Even as we hear God speak to our hearts this morning, even as the spirit of God reveals his truth to us this morning, that we will get, get to him and get help from him. Amen. Apart from the Father, apart from the Son, and apart from the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. Amen. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Things that will be dealt with in our lives. That when we respond to this word that God impresses on our hearts this morning. That people whom we surround ourselves with, other believers who are faithful to God, who love God, they can point out when this word that has brought conviction in our hearts brings about change, that they can point out if they find these issues still remaining in our lives. John chapter 5, verse 30 onwards. Here is Jesus talking. You know, one of the things that I desire is living in a community where I'm surrounded by mirrors. When I stand before a mirror, that mirror reflects exactly who I am. Not like an exhibition mirror. You know, in an exhibition mirror, you go to this exhibition, they have this particular stall where they have mirrors. You stand in front of them, they exaggerate who you are, how you look. I don't want such mirrors, but I have mirrors that can reflect who I am. Pastor Ajit, Pastor Jakes, Pastor Ashish, Pastor Selena, my wife. Mirrors who can tell me who I really am and tell me if these issues that Jesus brings about in this passage are found in my life so that I can check myself and be found true to God's word. Amen. In verse 30, Jesus says something very profound. He says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, everything I do, I do it in step with my Father. Everything that I do, I do it in total harmony with my Heavenly Father. So the theme 
that is running through this passage, this is the theme. He is saying, not me, but God. Not my will, but God's will. Not my exaltation, but God's exaltation. Not my witness, but the witness that comes to me from God. Amen? This is the theme that's running through this passage. And I want us to pick up from where Jesus picked up in this passage. He talks about, you know, my judgment is just. Jesus says, my judgment is just. But he was not talking so much about his judgment because I don't find him picking up about this judgment and justice anywhere else in this passage. But what Jesus is really picking up in this passage in John chapter 5 and verse 30 onwards is he's picking up this will. He's saying, It's, I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And that's what Jesus is speaking up. And that's the theme that is running through this passage, the rest of the passage, right down from verse 30 to 47. Jesus is saying in verse 31, he says, If I alone bear witness of myself, my witness, my testimony is not true. And then he says, there is another who bears witness of me. He's talking about John the Baptist. He's talking also about the Heavenly Father here. And he says, I know the testimony which he bears of me is true. You have sent to John and he has borne witness of the truth. But the witness which I receive is not from man. Jesus says, the witness I receive is not from man. What Jesus is saying is, human testimony is not decisive to who I am. He's saying human testimony does not give credibility to my truthfulness. Yes, if human testimony has to draw you close to God, if it brings you to a point of being saved, praise God, bless it and may it be so. But then Jesus says, I do not receive human testimony. I don't receive it as a decisive factor. I don't receive it as something that will bring credibility to my truthfulness. In verse 35 and 36 he says, This John, he's talking about John, he says, He was the lamb that was burning and shining, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the witness of John, but the witness which I have, Jesus says the witness which I have is greater Than that of John. What is Jesus saying here? I don't receive human testimony. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. The witness that I receive is from God himself. God has given me the works to do it. And I am doing it. And when I do the works that I do. You will see that it is the actions of God. And those works will bear testimony of me. But now comes the painful part of this passage, verses 37 onwards. The painful meat of this passage, verses 37, Jesus begins to say some things that are very strong. He says, and the father who sent me, he has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his form, and you do not have his word abiding in you. For you do not believe in him who sent him. Jesus begins some indictments in this passage. There are altogether six indictments and I want to present them before you this morning. And at the end of this passage, there is a profound explanation of why this is so. Six indictments Jesus brings. 
what Jesus is asking is, why are people who say they know God still don't believe? Why are people still not believing? Follow with me as I present you each one of these indictments. Verse 37 and 38, indictment number one. The father who sent me has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice, his voice at any time, nor seen his form. You do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him whom he sent. He's saying, you do not believe the son whom the father sent. Indictment number one. You do not believe the son whom the father sent. They never heard God's voice. They never have seen his form. They do not have the word in them. Indictment number two, verses 39 and 40. He says, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life and it is these that bear witness of me. Verse 40, mark it. You are unwilling to come to me that you may have life. What he is saying is, if I have to translate that into our regular language, it's like, you don't want to come to me. You are unwilling to come to me. You don't want to come to me. You read the scriptures, which points out to me everywhere. And the reason you don't come is because you don't want to come. Indictment number three. Verses 41 and 42, he says, I do not receive glory from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. You do not have the love of God in you. You do not have the love of God in you. What Jesus is saying is, I do not receive glory from men. He's saying, I don't receive praise from men. The praise from men does not complete me. I don't need the praise of men to complete me. But then, where you and I are concerned, we have so many cravings. He says, the cravings that we have has so filled our hearts that we don't have the love of God in us. He says, you don't have the love of God in yourselves. Indictment number 4, verse 43. He says, I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If another shall come in his own name, you will receive him. You don't receive me. You reject me. You want another kind of Messiah. That's what Jesus is saying. You want another kind of Messiah. You don't want me because when I have come, you don't receive me. But if another comes in his own name, you receive him. And indictment number five, verse 44, he says, this is not a question. This Verse 44 is not a question, it is a statement. Listen carefully, he says, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that comes from the one and only God? How can you believe if you... In other words, he's saying you can't believe. Why? Because you are receiving glory from one another. You have a love affair with human applause. You want people to applaud you. You can't believe if you are in that kind of a place. You can't believe if you have this desire for the applause of men. And the last one, verse 46. 
verse 45 to 47, the last indictment, number six, he says, Do not think that I, have, I will accuse you because the, before the Father, the one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? You won't believe because you don't believe, in other words. You won't believe because you don't believe. You don't believe Moses, so you don't believe me. You don't believe his writings, so you don't believe my words. Moses wrote about me, but you don't believe. You don't see it. Why don't you see it? You don't need me to judge you on that final day. Moses will be a witness against you. Relentless indictments from Jesus. Relentless indictments. Verse 36, he says, You don't believe him who the Father sent. You don't believe him whom the Father sent. Verse 40, he says, You are unwilling to come to me. You don't want to come to me. Verse 42, he says, You don't receive me. And verse 44, he says, You cannot believe. And verse 47, he says, you won't believe because you don't believe. Such relentless indictments from Jesus. What is Jesus up to? You know, this John's gospel, this whole gospel, why are the gospels written? In John chapter 20 and verse 31, I want to quickly read it for you. This is written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. These gospels were written so that you may have life, you may believe in Jesus Christ, and that believing you will have life. So what was Jesus up to? Why is he throwing these words at these people? Does he not like them? This Jesus, who stood before them and spoke these words, these very words that he spoke to them, you know, these people are his kinsmen. He wept over Jerusalem. He looked at the city and he wept over Jerusalem. He wept over these people. He is going to give his life for these people. He loves them. He loves me. He loves you. What is he up to then? He's up to exposing the fact of unbelief and the ground of unbelief. He is exposing the fact that there is unbelief in the people who say they know God and there is a ground for that unbelief and I'm going to just present to you this ground of unbelief. This is not, my dear brothers and sisters, this is not a Jewish problem. We might sit and say, why can't these just Jews just accept him as the Messiah? Why are they not believing him? No, this is not just a Jewish problem. This is, if you look at the core of it, it is a human problem. The issues that Jesus pointed out in this passage are human problems and not Jewish problems. It is the same for every ethnic community around the world. It's same for the Indians, it's same for the Americans, it's same for the Germans, it's same for any part of the world that you come from. These issues are the same for every single person, not just for the Jews. We can easily pass it off as saying this is something that Jesus is talking to the Jews. 
John's gospel is a very profound gospel. If you stay on the surface of it, you will just, it will seem like he is talking to the Jews. But when he is talking about issues of life, he is talking to me. When he is talking about issues of life, he is talking to you. There's one bottom line, one bottom line answer to this passage from verses 37 to 47. What is that? Why we don't believe. Why we have a hard time believing in what Jesus says. The bottom line. I want to give you something that is at the bottom of this whole thing. Come to chapter 5 again and look at verse 40. Chapter 5 and verse 40. You are unwilling to come to me that you may have life. It's saying you are unwilling to come to me. You don't want to come to me. Painful words from Jesus' mouth. You don't want to come to me. You know, the things that we have in our lives as wants. Listen to me carefully, please. What the things that we want... They are so powerful. The human wants in our lives are so powerful that they can, they can have a massive control on what we can believe. The wants in our lives can have a massive control on what you and I can believe. And it's so powerful. If you want something badly enough and believing the truth is coming in the way of that want, then here's what will happen. You will even write off that truth as an error so that you can stay enslaved to that want. Want in people's lives are so powerful. They are staggering. They have a staggering influence upon our lives. We want something. We will even make the truth into an error so that we can stay in what we want. I have spoken to so many people and even as they share their lives and their issues with me, I, you know, especially when I'm talking to couples, they come and talk about, I want this for my life. This is my life. I want this. I want to be happy. I want to feel good. God does not want me to be unhappy. God does not want me to stay unhappy. But then I sit there and think, how blind can you get? How can you not see the truth? The want in your life is so influential, so powerful that you can't even see the truth. You've made the truth into an error. Human wants are so demonically powerful. Human wants are so demonically powerful. What we want exerts on our ability to believe things and see things, a staggering influence it has on our lives. That almost, you know, this is almost the bottom, but it's not the bottom yet. I want to bring you to the bottom, the rock bottom of this issue. Why is it that we don't believe? Why is it that we don't come to him? Why is it that we have this unbelief in our lives? Jesus loves us. He loves you. He understands why we struggle with this Unbelief. That father came and said, I believe, help my unbelief. 
the father with that demon possessed son he said i believe help my unbelief there are many of us who can say i believe but there is a struggle in me in this area of belief i i i believe but at the same time i struggle with unbelief and he wants us to understand that's why he's exposing this passage to us to bring us to a place where we can understand that this fact of unbelief is it unbelief is a fact and there is a ground for this unbelief and here's the ground for unbelief the rock bottom of the issue what is it see i can't you know i can't save anyone neither can you nor can you save yourself but the holy spirit can amen the holy spirit can he is the one who saves he is the one who convicts so that you will be free to be rational and free to see free to follow this one savior king verse 44 come with me to verse 44 john chapter 5 he says how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that is from the one and only god now this is the bottom explanation for unbelief how can you believe jesus says in verse 44 how can you believe when your problem is that you receive glory from one another you have a love affair with the applause of people you want to be complimented you want to be applauded you want to be approved i don't need to go 20 years back to see this area of struggle in my life i just need to think a few minutes before this i wish people like my sermon it's there in all of us me and you we want to be applauded by people we want to be approved we want to be commended by people there's this desire you don't want jesus you don't want praise from men you don't want to be in the center you you know you you most of the time the desire is you want to be in control of everything you want to be exalted you want to be praised you want people to come and pat you on your back you want to be somebody pick your list but i fit in all those that i just mentioned but then the saving grace of god set me free from those desires i am set free from these desires which are so innate in human nature and daily it's a battle against these desires daily it's a struggle daily it's a battle i don't want applause from men i don't want people's approval i want god to bring that approval i want to be approved by god not by man it's a struggle on a daily basis controlled by human nature most of the time we can't even see the truth we are blinded to the truth but verse 43 gives how this works this thing of you know people's applause this thing of receiving praise from one another that keeps us from believing verse 43 tells us how it works he says i have come in my father's name and you do not receive me if another shall come in his own name you will receive him why do we want somebody who comes why do we believe in somebody who comes in his own name by nature we are people who love power 
by nature we are people who love praise by nature we love we are people who love commendation and it's scary to follow a king who is humble it's scary to follow a person who said i came to serve and not be served if you have to follow him you have to take up your cross it's scary to do that because by nature i love to be praised i love to be commended i love to be appreciated i love to be applauded i love to be in control i love to be somebody but he came and he set an example and said do this likewise when he washed the disciples feet he said i came to serve you do likewise no servant is greater than his master even in this age my desire is to grow deeper and higher in the things of god i want to know him more i want to strive to know him more i want to know him and the power of his resurrection i want to come to him every time i can and his invitation to me is to come you who are weary and heavy laden come and you will find rest for your souls he says my burden is light my yoke is easy come but we don't want to come you don't come because you don't want to come my last question to us this morning why is my love affair to the praise of men contradictory to the very nature of faith why is it that it's so contradictory my love affair with the praise of men is contradictory to the very nature of faith number one reason is this faith by nature will give god all the glory faith by nature will give god all the glory and none of it for itself come with me to romans chapter 5 chapter 4 sorry romans chapter 4 and verse 20 i'm coming to the close romans chapter 4 and verse 20 he says paul is talking about abraham here in 420 he says yet with respect to the promise of god he did not waver in unbelief but grew strong in faith giving glory to god abraham grew strong in faith because he kept giving glory to god and not taking the glory to himself faith by nature will give glory to god and not take it for itself that's the nature of faith that's the innate nature of faith So why is it contradictory because when I give glory to God I have to discard all love for myself and all love for the applause of men I can't take it for myself and I'll give you the reason number 2 why is it contradictory reason number 2 faith is drinking living water for the satisfaction of our souls and in John chapter 6 and verse 35 Jesus said He who comes to me shall never hunger he who drinks of me shall never thirst John 6:35 He who comes to me I will read it Jesus said to them I am the bread of life he who comes to me shall not hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst if you come to him you will never hunger if you come to him you will never thirst faith comes and drinks for satisfaction of the soul we are believing god but we are struggling with unbelief god i believe help my unbelief 
Jesus exposed the reason for unbelief in this passage. He said the reason you don't believe is because you want the praise of men. You want men, people to praise you. You want applause from people and that restricts you from believing God. That restricts you, that keeps you from receiving from God. And you don't come because you don't want to come. But if you come, his promise for us this morning is, if you come, you will not be hungry anymore. If you come, you will not be thirsty anymore. If you come, you will be satisfied. You will be satisfied. You come believing. John the Baptist, a foreigner of Jesus Christ. Here was this man chosen from his even before he was born that he will be a foreigner for Jesus and when it was time he pointed to Jesus and said behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world he lived a sacrificial life lived in the wilderness wore camel skin and ate locusts and honey lived a wild life but kept doing his duty faithfully day after day pointing to Jesus his desire was that Jesus should increase and he must decrease here was this man. Now in Matthew chapter 11, he is found in prison. Matthew chapter 11, we will, if you have time, read it when you get back home. Chapter 11, verse 2 to 6. Here is John in prison. What happens? He is sitting in prison. He calls some of his disciples and says, come, go ask him if he is the expected one or should I look, should we look for someone else? What is happening? John the Baptist is going through pain of an unmet expectation. Are you with me church? John the Baptist is going through pain of an unmet expectation. And here he is sending his disciples to the Messiah and saying, Go ask him if he is the expected one or should we look for someone else? And Jesus replies very beautifully. I want to read it for us. Just Matthew chapter 11 verse 2 to 6. Jesus replies to him. Jesus answered to these disciples who came to him. Go report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear and the dead are raised. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who keeps from stumbling over me. Blessed is he who keeps from stumbling over me. What Jesus is telling his, John's disciples is to go back to John. Tell him the blind receive sight, the lame walk, the deaf hear and the dead are raised. Go tell him everything is going according to plan. John, you may be in a place where you are going through pain of an unmet expectation. You expected your cousin brother whom you were pointing to and saying he is the Lamb of God. And now he has not even visited you when you are sitting in jail. And he is busy doing God's work. He doesn't have time for you. You are sitting in prison. But listen John, everything is going according to plan. Don't you struggle with unbelief. Just believe. Don't stumble over me. Church. This message is not to make us feel sad. This is to bring to us the awareness that there is a ground for unbelief. And if there is any root of unbelief in our lives, let's lay the axe to it right now. Amen? Let's lay the axe to the root of unbelief because we want breakthrough. 
we want to see breakthrough we want to break through into our destiny and anything that comes in the way of it we need to uproot it and cast it out amen we can't let it remain in our lives those issues that remain that desire for human applause that desire for human commendation that desire for people to come and recognize you and this thing of not wanting being unwilling to come to jesus when he can do it for us when he can bring the breakthrough for us he is more than willing than you are willing to receive he is more than willing to give you we trust that this message was a blessing to you we'd love to hear from you you can email us at contact@apcwo.org Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.